Oh my god. <laughs> That's how we're starting the episode. Hi everyone, welcome to a very very merry Netflix Christmas. Um it's me Olivia. Oh wait, I should say this is the 25 day uh Christmas movie advent calendar podcast. I'm Olivia and with me always is Sean. Hi, I'm Sean. And so you know, you might think that was a spontaneous opening right there, but it wasn't. We've been <laughs> recording for four minutes. And Olivia has been holding, trying to get that burp down. And we've had some other pre burps, but now we're finally starting. So yeah, I'm Sean. Hi. <laughs> Today, we watched A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding. So the sequel to The Christmas Prince. And we have a whole lot to talk about. Sean, it's like 1 p.m. drinking wine. Oh, my God. Oh, I started at 11. I started as soon as we started watching this movie. (laughs) The first thing that we had in this movie, I said, like, well, we'll get into the plot later. But I said, shouldn't Amber have security? And Sean goes, you know how Aldovia security is, Olivia? Yeah, because in the... In the first movie, if you listen to that episode, we've established Aldovia security is god-awful. Either no one's doing their jobs, or maybe they fired everybody, or maybe, I don't know, but they're really bad at their jobs. No security. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no security. Everyone's really bad at their jobs. And we've got a lot of plot to get through, and... I we've got some major timeline stuff to go over okay like I have been waiting for over an hour to explain my theory to Sean but I had to wait until we were recording so where do we want to get started Sean well do we want to remind listeners real quick of what our running timeline theory is yeah okay you want me to explain you want me to explain what I I believe it is right now and then you kind of shoot it in the head and say, no, this is what it is. Okay. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right, listeners. So this all started in the princess switch episode. So you can hear it starting there. But what we figured out is that there's two running universes within the Netflix Christmas canon. So it's a multiverse. The multiverse is run by two godlike fan fiction writers who may or may not be us time traveling. Again, listen to the other episodes and understand this because it's very fucking complicated. Anyways, the two fan fiction writers are the old crone from The Night Before Christmas and Kindly Man from Princess Switch. Just you need, so, to, you need to go back and listen if you haven't, yeah. okay? It is episode four and episode five. Very, very crucial. It's crucial to our canon, you know? Anyways, Olivia, you're going to upset that theory or add to it. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me with your new theory. Hit me with it. So my notes here, all caps, Olivia knows which timeline. Olivia's about to bust a nut. I was literally about to bust a nut (laughs) waiting to tell Sean. (laughs) So throughout this whole movie, I I I I wasn't a huge fan of A Christmas Prince 2 when I first watched it. And when we were watching it this time, I posed the question to Sean, are there two Christmas Prince timelines? Which we might be going in that direction. But Sean, you loved this movie. There were so many things that you loved about it. First of all, Amber has a new dad. 
which yes. Sean absolutely loved. Love them. Uh, we kept we you kept talking about how like I'm loving this. How did you not like this? This is amazing. And we talked about how you were getting way too deep into this whole thing and the timelines and stuff. Well, I've been editing the episodes together. And as I edit, I will just text Olivia. Oh, what about this going on in the universe? Like, oh, maybe this means this and et cetera, et cetera, putting pieces together. Like, for example, with Christmas Inheritance, because we didn't have this working theory before during Christmas Inheritance. And I was thinking to myself, who? So we know that that's in the old crone universe, right? I'm like, okay, who's the old crone in that movie? And at first, I thought it was Andy McDowell because it would make sense. But then I realized it has to be the father. Hear me out. You'd think old crone. It can't be the dad. But the dad, the the actor's name, I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Crone. Old Crone just just made it so on the nose obvious that she was that that she him whatever is that character also by what we've established so far kindly man kind of dictates throughout the plot and kind of just pushes people in certain directions while the old crone instigates the plot she kind of takes it from the beginning and pushes the main character so in christmas prince it'd be max amber's boss at the blog place that sends her off to do her story that's the old crone in that movie that's my working theory right now again olivia you're gonna you're gonna throw this down you're gonna beat it to death you're gonna murder everything i'm thinking right now tell me yes so sean Mm -hmm. we assumed that because this is christmas prince 2 that this is going to be an old crone timeline movie right because it's the sequel However, I think this is a kindly man movie. Okay, how so? Because the dad is completely different. You loved the dad. Love the dad. The diner changes. Like, I think... We're going to get into that, I think this is a kindly man movie. Okay. I I, I like to think it is. Um, Is that that your revelation? (laughs) Yeah, I get... Yeah, I was like freaking out. You know, this isn't the reaction I was going for. I thought you'd be more <laughs> excited to hear that this was, you know. And they talked about the origin of Santa Claus. And you're like, oh, I want this to be a kindly man movie so bad. I'm like, is it like in my mind? I'm like, it is a kindly man movie. Like, this is not yes. an old crone movie. It, it feels like. Wait. OK, that means. <laughs> <laughs> That means that kindly man hijacked the prince, the Christmas Prince universe. Yes, he stole, he stole old Crone's movie. I forgot the main reason why we real that I realized that this is a kind. This probably would have been a better reveal in Christmas Prince, the royal baby. Which I went back to like look at the map because I wanted to see where Aldovia was supposed to be. They show in the map, they have Aldovia and they have have Belgravia. And Belgravia is the land from a princess switch. So we're like, holy shit, Aldovia and Belgravia exist in the same universe. We're like, but that does, but that meant that if both the countries existed, does that mean that we actually have our two timelines? My answer is yes. Because Kindly Man hijacks the Christmas Prince too. And it makes sense because fanfic writers. And you know me, I love fanfic. They always like 
a huge part of it is like writing sequels. Like I want to write fanfic for Al Pacino movies like Hangman. It needs a sequel. I want to write Hangman too. You know, so it makes sense that Kindly Man sees a Christmas prince, is so inspired, writes his own princess switch bullshit, and also writes a sequel to Christmas Prince. This is a Kindly Man movie. It's Kindly Man's petty revenge on old crone. He's just (laughs) like, you know, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to I'm going to take what you created and I'm going to do my own spin on it. And they're like, first of all, I hate the dad. We're changing the dad. Yeah. Okay. Here's what I want to say. And this is something that is another one of the now this current movie is actually explaining something that we have watched in the past. So I don't I, I'm always blank on the names. What's the little girl's name again? No idea. Okay. So little girl tells Amber <laughs> a story about Santa Claus. And I don't remember the exact story, but she basically says in the past, Santa Claus was some kind of baby ogre thing. I don't know. (laughs) But basically, I just went, wait a second. And and Amber goes, Shrek? Yeah. It's just like, that means that Santa Claus exists in the Christmas Prince 2 universe. And here's the thing. I thought that meant that that... So that means that Christmas Chronicles is in the same universe. Now, I thought that meant that <laughs> Christmas Chronicles was now in Old Crone universe. But now, Olivia, you're flipping the script and you're saying Christmas yeah. Chronicles is in Kindly Man universe. Yeah, I think Christmas Chronicles <laughs> is in Kindly Man universe, which also means that Stranger Things is in the Christmas Prince universe. Okay, but also, 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 and now explains a lot about Kurt Russell Santa Claus and that he's an ogre. You didn't think <laughs> about that one. You watched the whole movie and didn't go, he's an ogre. But guess what, bitches? He's an ogre. He is an ogre. Like Shrek. He's a mythical creature, and that's why he has magic. Yeah. that's oh They God. did it. It's crazy. So, <laughs> and so it's just, I think the reason why... So I think... but. And we'll have to go back and, and re like when we go watch Christmas Prince three, mm-hmm. um, we'll have to see if it's Kindly Man or if Old Crown is coming back. But I think Christmas Prince three is going to be Kindly Man again because there's that shot of the map that has Belgravia and Aldovia. So I think that was another way for that's what I think that's when Kindly Man says, "No, this isn't fan fiction. This is canon. Look, they're both He's together. forcing it in. He's forcing it in. Okay, two things." Going off of that, I was telling Olivia as we were watching, that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to exist in the same universe because it could just be old crone and kindly man fucking with each other. And also, even if I, because I bet you Netflix does this in the future, they do a crossover movie between Princess Switch and a Christmas Prince, right? You know what's coming, guys. We all know what's coming. <laughs> they set it up. But then you go, wait a second, Christmas Prince was a movie in Princess Switch. How is that fucking possible? Because the 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 multiple timelines, we, we established this. No, the multiple timelines, but also it could be that Christmas Prince, the movie on Netflix in Princess Switch, is a movie that was recreated from a true story. So we just didn't get the based off of a true story title card that and then i guess 
if those same actors show up, then they would have played themselves in the movie or something. It's very confusing. But anyways, that's only a hypothetical if that happens. But going back to Kindly Man right now. Well, first of all, I don't I don't think A Christmas Prince 4 is happening because um, Netflix hasn't mentioned anything about it. Don't, so. don't, don't rip my heart out like that. There is a Google question. Is Aldovia a real place? No, it's not. Come on, guys. Is Genovia a real country? That's you know the one from Princess Diaries. Um, Here's another thing that throws credence or credibility to your theory that this is a kindly man movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so crazy. I love it. So <laughs> if you guys know the meme of uh, Charlie and It's Always Sunny with all the charts and looking like a conspiracy theorist, we've all seen this meme, right? That's basically me right now. I'm pulling at all the the plugs, looking at everything, analyzing yeah. all the data, right? There have been multiple times this week I've been like, Sean, you're you're doing a Donnie Brasco on me. Like, you're getting too deep. I need to pull mm-hmm. you out. Like, you're taking this too seriously. I love it. Oh, I love it. The reason why I love this, it's not even that, that I necessarily love the movies. I think they're fun, but I haven't had this much fun in exploring something so unknown in years. Like the last time I felt like this was when I was first discovering Bollywood movies. And I was just like, what is this? Oh my God, this exists. This is brilliant. Why why is nobody talking about this? We all got to be talking about this. So I feel a similar feeling with this where we are mapping uncharted territory right now. No one knows what is going on except us. And it's fascinating. (laughs) But we're still exploring because we don't know. We don't have all the answers. We haven't watched all the movies. So it's like this big question that we're answering. But anyways. Also, what if you were old crown? Actually, like what if we're wrong and you're old crown? And we don't know yet. It could be. It could be. (laughs) Because if we're going off the running theory, as I said before, that the father in Christmas inheritance is the old crone, then old crone can be either gender, which means I don't know. I mean, I think honestly, like, I don't think it goes by gender. I thought it was more like movies that we enjoy because I loved The Night Before Christmas. So why why the fuck would Kindly Man write that, you know? And I think like these are these fanfic writers are like ethereal beings. So like they're like gender is not a construct for them, you know, but it depends if it's us or not. (laughs) Yeah. Which we don't know. Is it us? Are we writing? Are you saying we're ethereal beings? Do we, is that our future? Is that what we become? I don't know. Have you ever seen the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion? No. Okay. Well, it might be something like that. Because that whole anime is about like, where do humans go? Like, how do humans evolve? Do we evolve into these ethereal Christmas movie loving? Oh, my God. What if we never did this? What if what if that one day I called you up to watch Night Before Christmas? What if you didn't answer the phone? Would we even be here right now? It was destiny, Olivia. It was destiny to watch Night Before Christmas that one day and for you to goad me on to watch The Santa Who Fucks. (laughs) But I I really want to talk about my theory right now with The the Kindly Man. So as I said earlier... (laughs) This isn't a Christmas movie podcast anymore. This is... It is. (laughs) 
<laughs> but even though we, we're not even close to talking about the summary or anything of the plot. <laughs> but as we said earlier, as it seems right now, Old Crone sets the characters in motion and kind of lets it play out where a kindly man inserts himself throughout the entirety of the plot and kind mm-hmm. of pushes people in the direction, right? Mm-hmm. The dad, the new dad is kindly man. He's pushing no. people. He's pushing people. No, he's he's a kind man. He's pushing people in this plot. Not as much as kindly man from Princess Switch, but to a degree. No, I think he's just trying to like, he's definitely like foreigner out of like, he's a New Yorker. Like he walked like like we were saying during the movie, he literally walked off the set of The Sopranos into Aldovia, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't think it's uh, yeah I don't think it's a kindly I don't I don't think he's kindly man. Well, listeners, going off of that, this 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 man walked in with with the most New Yorker Italian stereotype I've seen in quite a while, mm-hmm. and I told Olivia, <laughs> I bet you ten dollars this guy was on The Sopranos at some point. Now, I was wrong. I was wrong. He mostly does video game voiceovers. So that's my bad. But- and you said, if this guy doesn't make a slice of pizza, <laughs> if this guy doesn't make a slice of pizza, I don't understand this movie. Well, here's the thing. W- what we got to talk about is that... <laughs> the plot? We got to talk about the plot? No, Olivia. We got to talk about <laughs> the new death. <laughs> because this... You're right. This this man is like a hundred percent different from the previous dad in just about every way. And wh- one of them no. is, yeah. I know. I know who Kindly Man is. Kindly Man is not the dad. Kindly Man is Miss Avril, the lady who's so strict about the protocols for no reason. I'm giving Olivia a face right now because fuck that. No, Kindly Man. Because because. I think Kindly Man is trying to switch it up. Kindly Man can't like always be coming in like you should do that. Like, oh, they look great. Like, I think it because Miss Avril influences the plot in a different way. It's because of all the protocols that we have a bunch of conflict between Richard and Amber. That's where a lot of the conflict stems from without the whole like government corruption plot, which we'll get to at some point. Which I loved. We got a little wedding. We got a little corruption, you know? So I think it's Miss Avril because Miss Avril is always there. Always there. And we have to think, Sean, this is an ethereal being and they're trying out different things. You know, I think it's Miss Avril. You're ripping my heart. Because <laughs> you know I'm right. You're tearing my heart apart, Olivia. You're tearing it. Because Miss Avril's strict dedication to the protocol is what drives the character is what drives Richard and Amber apart it's what fuels a bunch of the stuff that Amber has to go through you know I'll say you're not entirely wrong but my heart wants to say you're wrong but you know I'm right because it's not the day I know you're right I know you're right, but you know what? We'll wait for the next one, okay? We'll wait for the next fucking one. I'm saying, but but kindly man could be somebody different in the third movie. Like you know, these are ethereal beings; they could change. It's just I gave myself a bit of hope, and then you kind of just stamped it out. You just you know just shat on my hopes and dreams because I love you know you did the, the same father thing so much to me. I was hoping you'd be really excited, and you're like, no, fuck you. Um, but yeah, should we talk I about the plot of this movie? <laughs> What? Should we talk about the plot of this movie? 
can I talk about the man, the, the father? <laughs> I just want to say how much I love him. And I feel like you don't, you're not letting me. Uh, also. I'm being Miss Avril right now. Yeah. Also, speaking of people not letting, because I feel like this can't go unaddressed. I apologize in previous episodes. I spoke over you a lot. I just got mm-hmm. really excited and that's my bad. So I apologize for that. Thank you. But we got to talk about the father right now because it's our major point of contention and it's probably the biggest part of this movie. So you told me before we watched this movie, they switch out the father. He's the worst. I hate him. And I went in thinking, oh, man, this guy's going to be a real fucking loser, real dick. And no, he's just a New Yorker Italian stereotype, which, you know what? I loved being from New Jersey (laughs) and not Italian, but being from New Jersey, it reminded me of back home. And I enjoyed he had such a fun sense of humor that I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. and brought something interesting to the character, which, again, is 100% different from the past one. And that's why I made the pizza joke. If he doesn't make a slice of pizza, I don't understand. Because here's the thing, and this is this is what irks me about this movie, okay? He, he says, so in the first movie, he has a bakery or a little restaurant of some sort. A that's bistro. basically Let's what it is. called a bistro or a cafe. Whatever, cafe, bistro, whatever. But then when he comes over to Aldovia, he's like, guys, I got a diner. It's it's a diner. And I said to myself, bull fucking shit. A New York, New Jersey diner is so incredibly specific. And I love diners. Diners back home. <laughs> I'm going back. I'm, I'm glad I'm boring you. But I no, I'm going back into the movie to see what kind of restaurant it is. But even if they here's the thing, even if they say it's a diner, it's a fucking lie. Because it's not a diner. Folks, if you look it up or if you're from the it's area. It's called Rudy's Diner. Bullshit. These, it's called Rudy's Diner. These aren't fucking New Yorkers, okay? That's all I can tell you. It's bullshit. That ain't a diner. A, a diner, at least, at least you know, I'm a little slanted because I'm from Jersey, not New York. But a diner has a more, I don't know how to describe it, but if I showed you a picture. I'm just saying, it threw me for a loop. This is not a diner. Got me a little frustrated. I felt lied to, but I still love the father and his sense of humor, yeah, even if Olivia no, didn't. No, with my notes, I say, I hate the new dad. You're not my real dad. <laughs> because the old, he's like, he's a lot shorter. He doesn't have any facial hair. Like, because the old, the original dad, OG dad, not our stepdad, OG dad, he is taller, bald, and has facial hair. This guy is shorter than Amber, has hair, but no facial hair, and has this wild accent, and is supposed to be a caricature of a New Yorker, and they just want to throw him in to Aldovia to be like, here's this clueless guy in a foreign country. And I think it was just really cheesy and really campy. And there are some there's some cute moments, but like the whole time I'm like, you're not a real person. You're a caricature of a person. Same thing with the wedding planner, Sahil. He's also a complete caricature, not a real person. He is a caricature. He is an issue. I mean, I will say with final thought with the father, at least for now, he's basically Joe Pesci in the Lethal Weapon movies. That That's what his character is like. I enjoyed it. But with uh, Zaheer, yeah, Sahil. I mean, I don't fucking remember. <laughs> 
he he was very much a stereotype, but yeah, that's all I got to say. We don't need to talk about him. So the plot of this movie, it's actually not super complicated. Um, despite all the shit that we went into with the timelines, uh, essentially it's a year after or around a year after um, Richard and Amber got engaged. And so they're planning the wedding. The wedding's going to be on Christmas. Um, and it's uh, it's a story of like Amber learning her role within the royal family. Um, there's also a subplot going on where like there's economic issues going on in Aldovia with hints at government corruption. And so um, you have Amber being forced to like follow this very strict royal protocol. Richard not standing up for her. And then also this like government subplot happening at the same time. Which I really... Uh, also... Go for it. Yeah. I was going to say, which I really dug. I I had no idea what this movie was going to be about. I thought it was just going to be a wedding. And you know what? I would have loved that too. I love Bollywood movies. And as soon as there was a moment where Amber run away, ran away and they were like, oh, we got a runaway bride. And I'm like, oh my God, we got the Bollywood going on. We got it going on. <laughs> love it. But That's why it's a Kindly Man movie. But they didn't stick to it, unfortunately. It, it, here, yeah. I, I feel like the we're jumping. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I felt like the wedding itself was very lackluster compared to everything else. I mean, I really, I really dug the corruption plot because it's not that it's necessarily complicated or anything. It's just you kind of go, why in the fuck was this here? But you know what? I love it for it because I would never have guessed it. But and it, it actually it actually makes sense because part of the issue is that Amber wants to spend more time with Richard, especially right before they get married. But he keeps getting pulled away into like economic business and stuff. And it's because um, there was this new economic plan that's not working out. And so it's nice that instead of him being like, oh, I'm busy, I'm a king. It's like, no, there's actually like strikes going on. <laughs> power outages sweet burp sean um uh there's a bunch of like political stuff and so i i like that they brought that in you know rather than just being like oh it's a movie about a wedding um because it's about them like learning to because we don't really have a couple getting together like we need to see the strife we still need to have some sort of like romantic strife for this to be like a a romance movie so yeah and i mean i will first say what I really loved about it too was seeing Amber investigate and getting really into it, giving mm-hmm. her that kind of storyline, especially given her background is way more interesting than if she was just doing wedding stuff, which again, I still would have enjoyed, but I really appreciate that they did it this way. But also yeah. to your point of um, uh, adding the strife between the two, it's something where, you know, in a, uh, more procedural I mean it's just like a lot of movies and TV shows once the couple gets together they have trouble writing oh well how do you add strife when they're ready together but mm-hmm. as, as we've seen with the royal family as of late with you know I'm not going to throw mm-hmm. some names around but <clears throat> Meghan Markle <clears throat> you know it's actually a, a closer depiction than I would have realized but it's interesting yeah and it, at the beginning of the movie, I was like, man, this has some really strong Harry Meghan vibes. And like, it was very much like 
haha, you stupid American, we're in charge of your image now. Like, it doesn't matter what you want. It's all about the crown. It's all about the protocols. It's all about the royal family. Um, And Sean, you even said this movie saw Meghan Markle leaving the royal family from a mile away. And yeah, that's exactly what happened. Because uh, yeah, this movie, what, came out a year or two before that? Yeah. Yeah, about like, a year, year and a half before. So it's kind of, it's, it's funny how they... It's like, did they predict it or did Meghan Markle watch this movie and go, you know what I should do? Harry, come here real quick. I have an idea. Also, when I think, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure Harry and Meghan Markle have signed a Netflix deal in the past couple months. So it would be incredible if they make a fourth one of these movies. And then Harry and Meghan show up in like one of the scenes as a cameo. I'd be like, ooh, we're really. That will never happen. But Old man, kind, kindly man, old crone really fucking with us. <laughs> and I I think, you know, a lot of the, the strife is that uh, Amber doesn't fit into like standard gender roles. And Aldovia is very, very much about gender roles. So while. Richard is dealing with all the politics and stuff. She wants to help and talk about it. And then he's like, as much as I as I want you to help, like you're going to be stuck doing the wedding planning. And she's like, fuck the wedding because she can't even plan her own wedding. Like that all these people are like, this is what the wedding's going to be because tradition. And so she like has to sneak away to investigate. And she's the one that uncovers the, the governmental corruption. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm looking over our notes. Uh, <laughs> you put... Epic zooms and Simon is Moriarty. Simon comes back. The evil cousin oh from Christmas God. Prince comes back and we love him. Okay. So when he comes back, it's one of the best scenes of this movie. So he comes back. Everyone, well, everyone's in one of the main rooms. He comes back and then we zoom in on literally everyone's face in this ridiculous soap opera, melodramatic esque way and it's literally like six people in this room so everyone gets their own zoom in close up and it's incredible and the reason why i say moriarty too is um it reminds he he reminds me so much of andrew scott and sherlock Mm -hmm. and i remember i feel like there was i barely remember the show but i remember he started off as antagonistic and i think he had to team up with sherlock for an episode but they were kind of uh you know like do i trust him i can't really trust him he's the bad guy kind of thing and i'm like oh that's what you got going here, but mm-hmm. ends up a little different. <laughs> yeah, because uh, when when there's economic problems coming in, two people come in. Simon comes in, and so does Lord Leopold, which reminded me of like the Bugs Bunny cartoon where like there's going to be a symphony, and Bugs Bunny comes in like Leopold, Leopold, <laughs> Leopold, you know, and then he does his conducting thing. Oh, one of the best Bugs Bunny cartoons. Anyway. Uh, and so obviously everyone supports Lord Leopold and they're like, shut the fuck up, Simon. And he's like, I went to Oxford and studied economics. Actually, I came back to help you because I love this country. And also my wife took everything in the, in the divorce. So I have nowhere else to go <laughs> because remember he got married in the last movie mm-hmm. and, uh, and how he did really he did lose, like, how did he lose everything in the divorce? <laughs> Because Sophia is a fucking bitch. I think that was, that was it Sophia? Was that his, was that the ex in the new, anyway. No idea. And so, you know, everybody trusts Lord Leopold because he was like the king's most trusted advisor. And then guess what? 
<gasps> what do you do? What do you do? So the economic plan is that they're going to, they're trying to like give incentives for people to like invest back into Aldovia with like Aldovian companies. So they like give money to Aldovian companies to like, or like, const- I don't really know how it works. But what was happening is that a bunch of fake companies started up as like shell companies. So all the money that was supposed to be going to Aldovia was actually going out of Aldovia into like fake shit. And it was this Leopold guy who like fixed it all, who like did that and stole a bunch of money. So he got thrown in the dungeon. Yes. And that's how you know this is a kindly man movie because <laughs> my one of my favorite parts about the first movie, if you remember that episode, was the dungeon, which everyone jokes about and is like, oh, but it's not real. And I'm like, no, that fucking dungeon is real. There's no way it's not real. And then they confirmed it at the end. That fucking dungeon is real. And they threw him in there. And I don't want to spoil too much, but I think that might mean that Christmas Prince 3 could be a kindly man movie. I love the dungeon. Also, also (laughs) when when they uncover him and expose him, Amber threatens him with a bow and arrow, like gonna shoot him. And I'm like, I don't know why this is here right now, but this is fantastic. I love it. It's great. <laughs> and then they throw him in a dungeon. They throw him in the dungeon. We had we we had a handful of Christmas cliches, but a lot of stuff was just reused from the last one, like from the last Christmas Prince, like starting with NYC shots, fake European countries, British accents. I didn't hear schedule or schedule this time, actually. I didn't hear it either, which is kind of ironic considering the fact that it's about a wedding where schedules are quite important. Quite important to have a scheduled wedding. Uh, so just like Amber had a taxi, had an issue getting a taxi from the airport, so does Amber's dad. Uh, they have plays on words, just like, you know, circle. They're talking about her bridal suite, and she's like, sweet, sweet, sweet. It, it was weird. Almost kisses, wearing short sleeves in snowy times, not wearing pants in snowy times. Um, oh my God, Prince Richard literally said, keep calm and carry on. And I was like, sir, you are not, in the United Kingdom, you are the king of Aldovia. And then you, I mean, Christmas baking, archery, horseback riding, dead mom. It, it's Amber's mom. Um, and you brought up uh, a few things too, Sean. You brought up Christmas cards. Yeah, like in Christmas Inheritance, where the Christmas cards are such a vital part of that storyline. They're also important here. You know, you got the, you mm-hmm. got the Christmas cards, uh, heartfelt letters. In this case, it's basically a heartfelt fuck you, which, you know, <laughs> the fuck you to the royal and, family is actually the card. Yeah. And also, uh, just like we have lying about identity, we could also say Lord Leopold was doing that. Like he was yeah. lying about his identity, his intentions. It's better um, stretch, and the little girl it's, figured yeah. that. She always figures it out. She always does it. Always. Also, this is not a Christmas cliche, but I want to make sure it's said. So when Amber is doing her journalism... And she's talking to one of the guys who lost his job. She takes out her notepad and starts writing notes. Oh, my God. Now, I'm not a journalist, so I don't know what kind of notes reporters, journalists, investigators write. But she wrote literally two notes. She wrote a dash, the name of the fake company that, well, the company that. Meadowlark. You know, yeah, that's involved in the corruption. And then not a sub point, but a whole nother point underneath that fishy question mark. She just writes fishy. 
Yeah, there's like no dates, no names of the guy that she's interviewing, no other notes. Like it's a blank sheet of paper with two words on it. And it's just, but it's also just the or, organizational structure of those two notes. It's why, why is fishy not a sub point of it? Is fishy <laughs> just a whole new idea? Is fishy describing something else? Is it that the pub smells fishy? It's, I know it's not. It's just, I don't know, because I, I, I'm a writer. I do a lot of note-taking myself, and I just can't fathom taking notes in such a, I mean, hell, we we took better notes just mm-hmm. watching this fucking movie mm-hmm. than she did. My, notes, my yeah. notes about uncovering that this is a Kindly Man movie are much more involved in detail than her uncovering like a corruption plot within her own fiance's government or country, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Don't we have to do the fight? Who's going to win the fight? Okay. Well, who, who, who's involved in this fight? So we got Sir Cole, obviously Sir Cole from night before Christmas. Uh-huh. Is he going to fight? I, I think we have two contenders for the fight. Correct me if I'm wrong. Contender one is Simon. Because now he's a good guy. So who's going to win in the fight? Simon or Sir Cole? Simon, for sure. I mean, obviously, he's going to he's gonna do something dirty and just take out Sir Cole. He, he's going to throw him. <laughs> okay, I forgot. Sorry. We have, to, we have to give them weapons, right? So, you see, what we traditionally do with these fights is we got to give each character a weapon, right? So mm. Sir Cole has his sword. Then you ask yourself, right. what does Simon have? Olivia, correct me if I'm wrong, but Simon has his economics degree. I was just thinking that, Sean. <laughs> if you let me, if you gave me two seconds, I would have said he could have used his economics degree. I'm so sorry. Uh, Olivia, you want to you say it again? I think Simon would be able to take down Sir Cole with nothing but his economics degree. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, think about it. You got a sword, you got literally... A paper degree that says degree in economics. Who's going to win that fight? Come on, guys. We know. Simon. We know. Yeah. Sir Cole doesn't stand a chance. I think it's because Simon would probably orchestrate it to where like someone else would like he would start running away. But he knows that he's got some with his ec- economics degree. He's planned for everything. And so he's got a dude waiting behind a corner. So he just has to run. Sir Cole's not going to see the see the trap already laid out, and uh, yeah. But so also with economics, economics is a bit of Christmas magic right here, where the factory that created Sir Cole's sword could have been underfunded or something like that, so that the sword is just made very cheaply and then just falls apart. And he's like, "Ha ha, economics." But is the is this the sword that he brought with him from the medieval times? Who knows, Olivia? <laughs> Are you saying Simon went back in time and caused an economic issue? So that, like, is that is that where we're going? I don't know. Uh, you know, he's a very underhanded dude. So maybe I don't know. Uh, or he uses the paper to like give Sir Cole a paper cl- a paper cut, but all the way across his throat. I did that in a movie once. I, I made a movie where someone cut someone else's throat with a paper like that. So he could. He could. Either way, how, however Simon wants to use his economics degree, whether <laughs> it's the actual piece of paper or if it's 
through some strategy, we know that circle is going down. Or if he used his economics degree after it was framed, you know, yeah. just bash him over the head with it. Dead. Yeah, that works too. And then the other fight, Sir Cole versus New Dad. And New Dad, Dad is- has a Christmas cookie. I was going to say pizza sauce. You know that dad is going to drown Sir Cole in pizza but sauce. But he doesn't have pizza sauce in the movie. I mean, you can do the Coney hot dog or you can do <laughs> Christmas cookies no, or no. his Christmas it's the, sweater. It's the jellied ham that he eats. But he doesn't make the jellied ham. He makes the, um, the slider at the end, if you want to include the slider, the hockey puck slider. I think he just talks at Circle with a bunch of his New York, New Yorker colloquialisms or whatever, and just like kills him, like kills his brain. <laughs> and Circle goes into a vegetative state, and then uh, Vanessa Hudgens, not the princess, but the teacher, has to like pull the plug on him. <laughs> you know, that's a good question. So. And all these—it wasn't a question. No, no. In in all these discussions, if Sir Cole falls into a coma, would Vanessa Hudgens be there for him, or would she pull the plug? <laughs> <laughs> well, Sir Cole, just don't. How does he get a? One thing that I've always thought about, because you know I've seen this movie several hundred times. Um, how does he get a social security number? Sir Cole gets a social security number. Like if he's going to stay in the present with Vanessa Hudgens, how do they make that work? Like he's going to join the police force. Oh, well, I'm sure they can have criminal connections somewhere that they can just Mm -hmm. get a guy to make him a fake one. Old crone, old crone fucking did it. I bet when he comes back, like he goes into his room and finds a wardrobe and like, there's a wallet with like ID and stuff. Or you you could theoretically, because think about it this way. He's not American from the get go. Right. So he would Mm -hmm. already be become trying to become a citizen. So he doesn't necessarily need to pretend to be American. He needs to apply for us citizenship. But then what does he write on his citizenship papers, like where you're from and all that kind of stuff? Right. He has no forms of identification. He's in no databases. He might be in a, like, I know for some records in old timey England, like churches would keep like records and stuff. But like, who's to say that his record would still be, you know? Well, like, even if it's there, no one's going to believe it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the real Christmas magic of that movie. <laughs> Old crone edit again. Yep. All right. Now we have that other segment ranking our heroes. Same heroes, but do you want to include Simon in that list or no? Mm. Or is there anybody? Is that that list the same as as it has been? I know, like Prince Richard in this movie, like he was kind of flaky, and then he realized his mistake, and he's like, "Oh, I shouldn't have done that." Um. Because Simon isn't really a romantic hero. He he might become a romantic hero in the next movie. <gasps> what we could do, I, I don't know. Because we have Prince Edward from Princess Switch, but we don't have Kevin, you know? So we'll just talk about, <laughs> we'll just add Kevin in. <laughs> yeah, we'll just add Kevin okay, in. Okay, cool. All right, Kevin's in there. We'll talk about him more in 
Princess Switch 2 switched again. Switched again. So just to recap, it's number one off the top, fucking Kurt Russell as Santa Claus, uh-huh. which hopefully there's yeah. another person in Christmas Chronicles 2 or something because like, <laughs> uh, okay, so we've got Kurt Russell, Prince Richard, Prince Edward, Kevin, dude from El Camino Christmas. Did we have any? Oh, you didn't really count him. Or somebody else. Sir Cole. No, there was somebody else vying for dead last, and we disagreed Jake on Jake from it. Christmas Inheritance. Oh, yes, Jake. Jake from Christmas Inheritance. Uh, yeah. Also, I we didn't we didn't talk about this, but I feel like we need to at least bring it up since we're on the Prince Richard train right now. Every outfit he had was on oh. point. I mean... <sighs> Whoever was his wardrobe stylist should get a raise because get an Academy every, every outfit was like made me go, I want that outfit to wear. I know I would not mm-hmm. pull it off like he did, but it looks incredible on him. And I want to look semi like that. Like when we first see him in khakis and that light powder blue sweater. Ooh, or when he <laughs> runs outside to try to find Amber and he's got like that black turtleneck. Oh, or when he's got his tux. Ooh. <laughs> Those are all the sounds Olivia made throughout the movie. Yeah. Amber's outfits were great too, though. Very cute. They were good, yeah. All right. Anything else you want to talk about this movie, Olivia? Nope. Do you want to give it a rating? What what rating would you give this movie? So I didn't hate it as much as the first time I saw it. So that's a plus. Um, but I think I still prefer Christmas Prince. Uh, Christmas Prince, obviously, and also Princess Switch. So it's still better than Christmas Inheritance, though. Oh, yeah. I You know, it's like it's seven out of ten. Yeah. For me, I think that the overall experience and structures of Christmas Prince and Princess Switch are better than this one at the same time i feel like a lot of the little things were better like i love the dad i love a lot of his jokes i love the dungeon thing it it felt like this movie knew its universe a little bit better and kind of amped it up a little bit but that's just me if i had to give a rating 7.5 yeah cool cool well merry christmas sean merry christmas olivia and only 19 days until Kurt Russell is coming in our chimneys. Oh. <laughs> Can't wait. Kurt, you know my number. And you don't. But email email us at, uh, what is it? VeryMerryChristmas at gmail.com. And just, that sounds you know, very, very Merry Netflix. Very Merry Netflix Christmas at gmail.com. You know, give us a hoot. Give us a holler. Let us know if you're excited for Kurt Russell to come in your chimney. I'm excited. Because that's that's the song that he sings when he's having his jailhouse orgy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He says, he's he says, take down your stockings, turn out the light, because Santa's coming down your chimney tonight. <laughs> it's It's an orgy. 